Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. Welcome to Journey Church. Uh, my name is Grant Clark. I'm the uh, pastoral care pastor here at Journey Church. Uh, we've been back in Gillette for a couple months now. When I say back in Gillette, meaning uh, I lived here before we left in 2007, moved from Gillette to Cheyenne, Wyoming to help plant churches in Cheyenne, and then seven years ago, moved on to Salt Lake City area, West Jordan specifically, to help plant churches in Utah. Um, my amazing wife over here, I won't look at her because I'll cry. Um, 34, going on 34 years, Terry, um, amazing woman of God, loves the Lord, so blessed to have her. Some of us marry, yeah. Yeah, amen, right? Some of us marry up and some of us marry way up, right? And that was, that's my story. So we have five boys, um, Morgan and Nathan both grew up here. Uh, Morgan graduated Campbell County High School back in seven. Nathan moved with us to Cheyenne um, in junior high, graduated in Cheyenne. And then as our time in Utah took shape, uh, Terry and I jumped into the foster care system, the adoption system, and we were blessed to adopt three more boys, Hector, Blaze, and JC. Um, you can either see them here praising Jesus or back there munching on donuts. You know, it's Jesus and donuts. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Uh, we, we, uh, we are blessed to be back home. I, I say this a lot. Um, I was born in Lovell, Wyoming. I was born again in Gillette, Wyoming, right? So as far as being home, this is home. So it's so good to be back. I'm so honored and humbled to be here. And uh, it's a beautiful thing what, what, what's going on. So yeah, that's just a little bit about myself. Um, a couple things I'm really passionate about, small groups. I'm here to help lead the small groups. Um, love to have a conversation with you about that. Um, and then I'm also very passionate about um, our usher greeter team, our hospitality team, and all of that. So those are going to be the two things that I kind of focus in on the next couple of months and uh, just kind of just uh, love on people, shepherd people's hearts, and, you know, help people walk deeper with the Lord. So anyway, enough about me. So today's sermon, the title is Identity, okay? What is your identity in Christ? But before we get there, I have a little story to share with you. So there's a legend, or a true story, I'm not really sure which, Vince Lombardi, famous coach of the Packers, right? The most famous coach the Packers have ever had, one of the most famous coaches that ever lived. As the story goes, day one 
of practice, the year after winning the first Super Bowl, he stands in front of his team, holds up a football, and says, gentlemen, this is a football. Okay? Back to the basics, blocking and tackling, foundations, right? We're not going to work on our victory parade. We're not going to work on our social media, media page. We're not going to work on our dance. We're not going to work on any of that stuff. Back to the basics, back to blocking and tackling, okay? So that's kind of, if you will, that's what this sermon is about. Not football, of course, but back to the basics, back to our first love, back to the foundations of our belief, back to what really matters. Have we forgotten? Have we drifted? Have we lost our first love? I'm not saying we have, that's just my question, have we? Have we gotten a little distracted by the world? Perhaps, right? Have we drifted from what really matters? So today, is a gentle, or maybe not so gentle at times, reminder of that, okay? You might say, well, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, I might be, but you know what? The choir needs reminded. We all need reminded of what we have in Christ, then what that means to us, and how we live that out, how we flesh that out. So today is just a honest evaluation of where we find ourselves. Not, maybe not where we find ourselves, but where do I find myself? And where do you find yourself with your walk with Jesus? So most scriptures that I'm going to share today, chances are you've heard them all, right? Chances are you've heard them all. May they come alive anew today in your heart. Starting with John chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. It says this, as Moses lifted up the bronze, the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave up his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Other versions say, whosoever shall believe that Jesus is who he said he is. So, be a whosoever. Just be one of the whosoevers that believe. Right? Simple. All right, let's close in prayer. Oh, never mind. No, just joking. No, seriously, it's that simple. Be a whosoever who shall believe. Believe in Jesus, believe what he said, and believe he did what he said he was going to do. He really was born, he really did die, and he really was raised again. So another scripture, Jesus' words, John 14, 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come through the Father except through me. That's a controversial statement. I don't know how, I don't pretend to understand how controversial that was when Jesus actually spoke those words in that culture, right? Today, that's a controversial statement. 
It's been a controversial statement for 2,000 years. How dare you say Jesus is the only way? How dare you say that? How dare you be that close-minded, right? All, all the junk, all the noise, all the chaos, right? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Take it up with him, right? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, another, another awesome passage from Jesus' time. Will you put up that picture? So this is a picture of what's called of a region called Caesarea Philippi. The bottom picture is what it looks like modern day, if you will. The top part of the picture is an artist's rendition of what it probably looked like back in Jesus' day. So this is Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, okay? So as you can see, the little cutouts in the wall, those were idols. They had idols in those those little cutouts. On top there, over to this side, I, I believe it is, they worshiped goats. They worshiped what they called sacred goats. There was goat worship, there was goat sacrifice, there was idol worship, there was idol sacrifice, and so on and so on I could go. The epicenter, or one of the epicenters, if you will, of Jesus' time of the absolute depravity of sin. Not just sin, but outward sin, like celebrating idol worship, celebrating idol sacrifice, celebrating sacred animals. Jesus takes his people there. That is the backdrop for this scripture. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, others say you're Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then here's the question of questions. Then Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? That is the question. Not who does other people say that Jesus is. You know, we've, we've heard other things, right? Well, he was a really good teacher, what, so on and so forth, right? We've heard the narrative, right? The question is this, who do you say that Jesus is? Then it goes on. Simon answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, because Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. So again, who do you say that Jesus is? If I could take you to a modern day version of Caesarea Philippi, whatever that might look like, where we could take, the backdrop would be, you know, the depravity of sin, wherever that would be. In that setting, who do you say that Jesus is? That is the question. That is the question. Who do you say that Jesus is? He is the Messiah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son, right? And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That is the, that is the question. That is the answer. So if you have that settled in your life, if you are one of the whosoever's that shall believe, what is your identity? 
What does the Bible say? What is your true identity? Again, not what the world says you are or aren't. What does Jesus say you are? What does the Bible say that you are? If you are truly born again, who are you? Well, there's many, many scriptures I could share right here, and you might have your favorite. But this is the one that I keep coming back to. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 through 17. It says, you are a new creation. I love this first line of this version. If it seems we are crazy, you ever been called crazy? One of those crazy Bible thumpers? One of those crazy Jesus freaks? You're in good company. If that's true, you're in great company. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. If we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us, since we believe that Christ died for all. We also believe that we have all died to our own life. He died for everyone so that those that receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone that truly belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation. The old life is gone. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You are not some broken down car with a new paint job. That is not what he means. You are a new creation from the inside out. Get that settled. Let that resonate. So once you do get that settled, what do you do now? Simple. Die. Die. Die to yourself. Deny yourself. Surrender yourself to Jesus. Matthew 16, 24, 26. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Jesus asked this, what benefit, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Then I love this question. Is anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything in this world worth more than your soul? No. So, die to yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Lose your life to gain it. 
Easy to say, hard to do, right? So easy to stand up here and say, deny yourself. So easy to say, yeah, I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to follow Jesus daily. I'm going to do all this. That is so easy to say. It is so hard to do. It is so hard to do. So if we have forgotten what we have in Christ, I'm not saying we have, but if we have forgotten, if we have maybe drifted, or if we had, have let some pollution in, why? Well, there's, again, many reasons, right? But here's what I would say, maybe the overarching reason, the cares of this world. The cares of this world. The cares of this world they're so loud, right? And, and again, I'm not, I'm not downplaying anything you're going through. Some of you are going through some very, very, very hard stuff. I understand. I get it, okay? It's very real, okay? Again, I don't think we purposely drift. I don't think we purposely let all the distractions and noise in. Let's be honest, we live in a very busy world, right? We live in a very, very, very loud, divisive, opinionated world, right? Like never before. There's so many voices and so much noise and so much pollution. There's a little, there's a, there's a parable in the, in the gospel of Matthew. It's titled different things in different Bibles. I like the parable of the four soils. In Matthew chapter 13, the first part of the chapter, Jesus shares what's called the parable of the, the farmer sowing seeds, the parable of the four soils. Okay. So in the first part of the chapter, he teaches the parable there's some, then there's some more narrative. And then towards the end, his, his guys come to him and like, can you, can you explain that to me? Can you help me understand? And that's where we'll pick it up. So Matthew 13, starting in verse 18, Jesus says this. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Four soils. The seed that fell on the path represents those who hear the message about the kingdom of God and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted. The seed that falls on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Number three, the seed that fell amongst the thorns represents those that hear God's word. Those that hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life or the cares of this world. Different versions put it different ways. They hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Number four, the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's words and produce a harvest. A harvest of 30 
60, even a hundred times as much as planted. The worries of this life, the cares of this world. Again, not to minimize any of it, but if it is getting in the way of your walk with Jesus, it's time to evaluate that. It's time to take an honest look under the hood, if you will, of what's really going on in life and what's really, really important. So what's on that list? Again, not to minimize any of it. I know we all have a, some personal list that we keep in our head. Over here on this side, these are all the things I'm really good at and I'm, just, I'm rocking it over here. And we all have this list over here, I know we do. Things I fail at, things I'm failing at, things I have failed at. If God only knew, you know, well, he already knows, right? So we all have this list, I know we do. I have mine that I'm working through, you have yours that you're working through. The last thing I want to do today is give you more on this list. That's not my goal. This is not performance-based love, right? But if these things are keeping you from the main thing, why? And I certainly, I don't think all of us are stuck, if you will, in soil number three. I'm not trying to say that. But I think it's, it can be very, very easy to, very subtle to drift into that, that part of the parable. Where you know God's word, you do all the things you're supposed to do, but the cares of the world, the worries of this life, choke out the word, choke out the truth. So maybe it's just time today just to maybe refocus, recalibrate, okay? I think it's kind of like, to use this parallel, to use this analogy, kind of like looking through a pair of binoculars, Right? They're a little bit out of focus. You can see off in the distance. You can see colors. You can see shapes. You can see stuff moving, but you can't, can't really make it out. You're just a little bit, little bit off of focus. Not that far. Not that big of a gap, if you will. Just a couple clicks, right? And all of a sudden, things are crystal clear. I really don't think the gap between soil number three and soil number four, I don't think it's that big of a gap. I really don't. I think it's just some small stuff that have gotten in the way, that have choked out the word, that have choked out my walk, that have distracted me. I really think we're right there. So, what are you producing? God wants us to produce fruit that lasts. God wants us to produce 30, 60, 100 time fold. We may, we may never see it this side of eternity, right? Our rewards aren't here anyway, right? We, Right? Again, we know that. We know our rewards here don't matter. So, who do you say that Jesus is? Is he your Savior? Is he your Messiah? Or, or, that is your true identity. You are a child of the one true king. If you are a whosoever that believes, you are a child of the one true king. And what does that mean to you right now? Okay, if you haven't heard anything else today, hear this. You are loved. You are so loved. God loves the world so much that he 
gave, right? You are loved. You are loved. If, the Bible says this in Romans 8, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. You are not condemned. If you are in Christ, you are not condemned. You are cherished. You are cherished. You are loved. You are adored. Now, God is just. God is holy. God loves us. God disciplines us because he loves us. God challenges, be, be, challenges us because we, he loves us. Dare I say God even convicts us because he loves us. It's for our own good. But you are not condemned. You are cherished. You are loved. You are adored. If we could just believe that, if we could just as much as we humanly can wrap our brain and our heart around how much we are loved by the king, it would change everything. It would change everything. It would change how we live our lives. It would change how we treat ourselves. It would change how we treat our people. It would change everything. It would change how we read the Bible. If you're reading the Bible from a place of condemnation, there's a lot of hard stuff in there. There's a lot of hard stuff in there anyway. But if you, could, if you could simply read the Bible from a place of, I am adored and I am cherished and I am loved, it would if you could just read the Bible through that lens, it would totally change how you read the Bible. Starting with a Psalm, Psalm 139. Again, you're loved, you're adored, you're cherished. So from that place, Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me, in my heart, in my life that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. He already knows about it, right? He loves you. He wants to take that stuff out of your life. Will you let him? Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this truth. Don't miss this time. Whether it's confirming, I'm tracking, yes, I'm on the right path, God, thank you. Or if it's a moment of confession, God, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm, I'm trying. Maybe it's a moment of repentance. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. I really don't. I don't know what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you this morning. I can tell you what God's been speaking to me as I've been preparing for this, okay? Some of, it, some of it I'm not proud of, but here I stand, right? So I'm confessing and I'm repenting right along with you. Do business with God this morning. More importantly, maybe, let God do business with you. Okay, I'm going to invite the band back up. One more. I'll move this for you this time. One more question. 
okay? One more back to the basics question, one more foundational belief question, one more challenge, one more charge, one more um, confession, if you will. Is grace still amazing to you? Is grace still precious to you? Because if it's not, why? We're going to sing Amazing Grace. And I don't know where you're at, okay? We're going to sing Amazing Grace. I don't care what posture you take physically. It's the posture of the heart, right? I don't care if you stand and shout, if you raise your hands, if you kneel, I don't, whatever. Do what God leads you to do. I love this song. The song's always been amazing to me, powerful to me. It's very simple, yet very profound and very deep. One of the, one of the lines I love, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed? Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you've been around a long time. Maybe you've been doing this Christian thing a long time. You've kind of forgotten. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed? God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for love. Thank you for adoration. Thank you for pursuing us with your love. No matter if we're running to you or from you, you are there. Your word says it doesn't matter where we go. You are there. You are there. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys, and thanks for listening to this message.